Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation. On Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we bring you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy. From CEOs to small business owners to mentors, Coffee and Capitalism is a leader in innovation, ideas, and inspiration. At Coffee and Capitalism, we are all about making money and giving back, learning the fine art of balance in work and family life, all while prioritizing your time, learning the responsible roots of capitalism. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism once again, folks. My name is Jason Spies, and let me tell you about today's episode that we have lined up for you. What a fantastic show we got. Are you ready for this? North Dakota Public Service Commissioner Randy Chrisman talks about the east-west divide in the state of North Dakota and how leaders should reinvent their approach to that issue in today's wired world. Plus, Mary Anderson with ABLE and Monty Bessler with Frackinator talk about how a social program allows professionals like Bessler to work and support a family with children with special needs. And then we talk a little frac sand and how the frac sand industry and many other industries within the oil and gas sector had to cut costs a little bit. Rex Tucker with Compliance Calvary joins us to talk a little bit about cutting some costs and one industry that did not have to cut costs, the railroad, the monopoly known as the railroad. Okay, a little bit later on the program, Rex Tucker. And then David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. We've been tracking the Native American energy empowerment out at the MHA Nation. Missouri River Resources, Dave Williams has a great story about how the working relationship with the San Juan School of Energy is creating a unique situation to where Native Americans are learning about energy empowerment everywhere from lease management to petroleum engineers you name it and the san juan school of energy down in new mexico is a big part of that connection okay all that plus much more on today's episode of coffee and capitalism radio pour yourself a cup of coffee pull up a stool and join the conversation folks my name is jason Spies, and this is coffee and capitalism radio heard on the crude life media network Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Well, don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. I got to watch him give a talk at TEDx Brookings, and I saw him come into his own where he shared uncomfortable things from his past in a way that created a teaching environment. And Eric's somebody that could easily lead with all he's accomplished, and it's a long list. To find out more information about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch come to your company or event, visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. I saw a big fat hand out across the road, pecking gravel in the noonday sun. 
Welcome back to Copy and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Randy Chrisman, North Dakota Public Service Commissioner. Talk to me about the East-West Connect here a little bit from the power side of things. I mean, your East-West Connect goes down to Minneapolis with XL Energy a lot of times, so you go really far east. The world of energy has connected the university system. It has connected Fargo either through Fargo Tank or whatever is servicing the oil company. You can go up to R&R um, Industries up in Grand Forks, just to name a couple there. Talk to me about the East-West Connect and how important it is that the state understands how they need to be symbiotic and they need to coexist. Do you know what I mean by that? Because there, there is there is that um, Hatfield-McCoy from time to time with East versus West. I thought we were over it, but then a few months ago, the Wall Street Journal comes out with a story where it's a bunch of East versus West stuff. And so I wanted to bring that up and just say, what can we do not to perpetuate that, but to remind people that, that that's long gone. That's that's old. That's where we've reinvented ourselves as leaderships. And here's how to think. So, you know, it, it should be long gone. And and the reality is, in, in my time in the legislature, and I was in the Senate for 18 years, those kinds of battles erupted when I first came in. They had been going on a long time before that. They continue today in all kinds of walks of life that happens. But I really look at those as more like the kinds of battles that, that erupt within a family from time to time. Uh, you have really more than a couple people, and there's going to be little power plays and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It's just sort of the human nature. Um, I, I think in North Dakota, the, the people in the West understand that our uh, food that we produce, the energy we produce, doesn't really do us much good if we don't have a population base to sell it to. And, and so we need this population base down there. I think the people in the East recognize that they need the things that are produced in the West to keep the, the activity that, 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 that causes this population to be here mm-hmm. going. And so, yeah, we might have our little spats when it's just us, but when I go to any uh, national conference, and there's a national organization of utility regulators, for instance, we also have regional transmission organizations that our utilities are part of, and, and uh, as commissioners, we end up being part of the oversight of those regional utility organizations, uh, or transmission organizations, rather. So you get out of state and you start talking to um, utility regulators from other states, or in my older days to legislators from other states, and you see really how united we are here. Um, It's easy to find the little things that we might squabble over, but really North Dakota, I think, has a a pretty solid uh, view on the world. And, um, you know, compared to what you get if you compare North Dakotans in general Mm -hmm. to either of the coasts, uh, we are, a, 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 I think, a, a pretty strong culture as North Dakota, as opposed to two cultures, Eastern and Western North Dakota. To listen to the full-length interview with Randy Chrisman, North Dakota Public Service Commissioner, or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Now sometimes you gotta look back. 
and see where you went wrong. If you can't do that, you won't be around too long. Well, that hand should have seen it coming. A hatchet and a butcher block. She was too wrapped up, strutting her stuff to see the water was getting hot. Oh, it's good to mind your own business, but you better pay attention to me. You might turn a blind eye on the world, but there's always an eye on you. Music on today's program is written and performed by singer-songwriter Brooks West. To find out more about Brooks West and his music, visit thecrudelife.com, click on the Musicians tab. Once again, that's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. So keep your head on a swivel, look both ways when you cross the street. Cause this world is full of sharks and wolves, and all they ever do is eat. Oh, it's good to mind your own business, but you better pay attention to Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Mary Anderson with Abel and Monty Bessler with Frackinator Consulting. Well, Jason, we actually have you know, the opportunity to support people in many different ways. So I'm always very proud to announce that North Dakota has some of the best services really in the uh, world. Um, we've been told that by many professionals, consultants who are coming into North Dakota and seeing the services. So North Dakota really has the opportunity to support people with disabilities that are living in their own apartments and receiving very little support. And we have people who are living in apartments where the supports are more intense right on site. We have the group homes that Monty's talking about. So we have various levels. Um, I'll take you to Bowman, North Dakota. We have just recently, and this has been great, Jason, with the North Dakota Housing Incentive Fund. So a beautiful program was set up in North Dakota when oil became very extreme and people were moving into our communities and there was no housing. Abel went down to Bowman, to the community of Bowman and talked about housing there because that was their number one need. And we collaborated with the community, we collaborated with Lutheran Social Services and we were able to get a 26 unit apartment complex set up in that community. And thanks to so many people who contributed to the um, North Dakota Housing Incentive Funds with tax credits. That was a beautiful program and really benefited people. So the people there moved from a very small, compressed 
group home of eight people, and they were able to get into their own apartment. So that is just such a testimony of, of what we were able to do in oil impact. We also then did that same thing in Dickinson where people were in roommate situations. They just were not happy because they had to be in roommate with roommates. And we worked with Sullivan Construction, who constructed you know, apartments on our behalf, and people were able to move out of really tense and, and uh, traumatic roommates to places of their own. So the menu is just great. Um, Monty's talking about the four group homes, so that has been our last endeavor is to re- replace the homes that we leased because the landlords really had, uh, had made the statement that those homes were depreciated out and it was time for them to, time for us to move on. So we've been actually working on the homes that Monty's described for the last eight years, trying to put those four homes together. And uh, we'll love to tell you more about that. But I'll let you get in, in, in here for a moment if you've got any questions. Uh, without trying to come across as insensitive, I guess, what type of disabilities are you guys taking care of and helping and assisting out there? Well, it's, it's people with intellectual disabilities, and the people may have very few and not very recognizable disabilities, and then we have some people who are very dependent on wheelchair supports and supports of multiple staff, so we've got a variety. Uh, but the, the, the criteria is that they have an intellectual disability. Uh, Monty, without getting too much into your situation, you work in oil and gas, and that is a industry that um, you really have to go by their timeline. You can't really make your own timeline. And I know that raising a child with a disability is a daunting task. That's a full-time job. And, And so you essentially, if you're working and raising a child with a disability, you've got two, three, four full-time jobs going on there. Um, the narrative across the state of North Dakota, at least that I've heard, is that most of these social services are on the eastern side of the state, and there's not much out there on the western side of the state. Talk to me a little bit about how this program has helped you uh, balance your life and then also the services out there that you're receiving. Oh, you know, definitely, uh what you talk about there is something that's, that's always been in the forefront of my mind. Over the, the last few years with the, the boom that's gone in the oil field, uh, we saw a lot of talk about the housing crisis uh, for workers, for just generally the whole population because of the influx of people. But this is another, you know, another uh, segment of that, that problem that, that Mary and her organization there at ABLE have, have addressed. And, you know, and, and certainly there needs to be more uh, done. Uh, how many people that come into the oil field are in my position and have a uh, person of special needs that has to make a decision, you know, do I want to move from where I'm at to North Dakota? Uh, and uh, I have services where I'm at. Do they happen in North Dakota? Uh but I will tell you this, that when I talk to people from other parts of the country, relative, you name it, and I describe what Mary's organization there at ABLE has done for Sterling, they go, they, they just, their mouths just drop. They cannot believe the services that are provided. I can give examples of, I've, I've called them and say, you know, I'm working, I have a funeral, a, a relative of Sterling's, is there any way you can take Sterling there to the funeral? I will meet you there. And they do it. They, they pick Sterling up. They 
bring along a care worker. Uh, it's just, it's an amazing service, and it's something that I think uh, would be, needs to be marketed and, and needs to be available so we can keep attracting qualified people who might be in that situation. When I hear examples like that, it uh, really brings it home to what social services are. So much of our, our life these days is uh, defined by money and value. I mean, we're putting value on so many different things. I hear of this service, and I hear of how you're creating experiences for your child and for others, and you really can't put a value on that, can you, Mary? Well, thank you, Jason, for recognizing it. That's true. It's um, pretty incredible stuff that we're doing, and we'd love to have more people want to join us and see this. We have a we opened a, in the height of the boom. We we sort of really went crazy, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. We really took advantage of so many opportunities, and um, one of the other opportunities we did is opened a thrift center in Dickinson. And that thrift center has been a very attractive thing for the community. It allows people to go to work and to be really fully integrated in the community. So I love the fact that you talked about the experiences that people here have. I think that's our main goal is to just get people very united and very much uh, as a part of their families and a part of the community. And Monty talked about that with one of our group homes. I just want to add to that. The group homes that we just established, there are four, six people in each home. So there are four of them. There are six people in each home. And one of the things that concerned us about the previous homes was that everybody sort of had to live and share space really pretty much for their entire lives. We have some people, Jason, that have lived there. Abel started in 1984. I was there in 1985 as a staff person. And so I got to welcome people coming back from Grafton in 1985. And we still have people there that are that came in 85 and are still residing in these homes. So that's been, you know, 30, 32 years or so, 32, 33 years. And so we know that when we did these new homes, we wanted to really get this right because they're lifelong participants perhaps in these homes. So one of the changes we made that, was sensitive to families was added a basement into the homes. And if you're, you understand in North Dakota, maybe not when you, I know you're from Fargo area. And in Fargo, it's a little hard sometimes to dig a basement because your water levels are so high. But in Dickinson, we've always met and talked with our builders and they always say, if you're going to go down four feet already, you might as well continue to, to go down and have a basement. So Abel really did that. We took advantage of sloped land and we built walkout basements. And the beauty of that is to be able to get people to places where they can be alone and they can not have all the stimulation of six people in a home. And we can allow families to get together and they could sit down and watch a football game. I know Monty likes to hang out with Sterling and watch football. And so we've got this area down there where really people can take advantage of more quiet and independent space. And that was so extremely important to us because we know that they sometimes need the services in those group homes of two staff at one time or three staff at one time. To listen to the full-length interview with Mary Anderson and Monty Bessler or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. 
Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links will be available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio Heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Driving home in the corner of your home at night Watch it shine so bright The music on today's program is written and performed by singer-songwriter Brooks West. To find out more about Brooks West and his music, visit thecrudelife.com, click on the Musicians tab. Once again, that's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. Watch it shine so bright in Everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you. There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Mark your calendars for June 15th. That's the Bakken Barbecue. Mark your calendars today, June 15th, the Bakken Barbecue, coming to Dickinson, North Dakota. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we talk with Rex Tucker with Compliance Calvary. Uh, 2003, well, I'd say you're a veteran then, uh, mostly because that industry really didn't um, really take off. I know it's been around since the, you know, like the 40s, 50s, that sort of thing, but um, it really didn't take off till probably 2008, 2009 in, in, in that time frame, so... Uh, you, sir, not only are an expert, but are a veteran in frac sand. Uh, but I also wanted to, uh, I, I wrote down, prices were high enough, I wrote down, and the reason I did, kind of doing some preliminary work on this interview, I wrote down uh, any advice or comments you might have about adjusting, adapting, or evolving through this past downturn in relation to frac sand. I always heard that frac sand was one of those uh, uh, streamlines that o- the oil companies got to reduce their prices. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to get you any trouble or anything like that, but it, 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 do you know what I'm talking about, or is that just kind of uh, people talking? Uh, I think everybody's prices fell uh, in the marketplace for everything from drilling services to, to pressure pumping, uh, chemicals, sand included. All of those prices dropped. One of the few places they did not drop uh, was in the rail services. Very few of the railroads were willing to drop their price, and they managed to hold pricing through the whole downturn because they essentially have a monopoly and they don't have to lower their prices. But for the most part, everybody 
everybody suffered through that. For a sand company, that probably meant if the railroad wasn't willing to lower their prices uh, and they had disjointed uh, logistics, meaning they had to go through more than a few rail lines, they probably suffered more than the companies that were connected by a single railroad and could ship unit trains. So uh, what we saw were prices dropped for two reasons. One, uh, the whole oil field business as a whole, the rig count, the sand demand dropped. But people at the same time that was happening changed the kind of sand that they wanted to buy. So what used to be a fairly rare form of sand was a 2040 sand, and it demanded a premium in price. And now the grains that are in fashion are much smaller grains, and they're easier to get. Uh, even in this day and age, people don't pay as much attention to the compressive strength of the sand as they did, say, four or five years ago. And part of that's just related to uh, companies are, are picking up acreage and they're drilling into formations that have very, very bad permeabilities relative to what we would call good acreage, say, 10 years ago. But the fracture treatments are so effective that, uh, you know, micro-Darcy formations are now uh, economically viable because fracture treatments uh, really work. And uh, we have not seen the end to the amount of sand that would get pushed into you know, the most economical job. So the jobs keep getting bigger and uh, people continue to change the designs on the fracks to optimize them. And that means a, a shift away from grains that were harder to find into grains that are easy to find and cheap to get, and they happen to be located fairly close to the job. Texas has got plenty of sources of, you know, not great compressive strength sand, uh, but good enough to do the job. So who's got um, the champagne of fracking sand? I've always I've always heard it was this little pocket in Wisconsin, but um, is, is there, you know, I mean, do you know that, or, or is that... Uh or is, that, or is that like a question that's going to get you in trouble for making an opinion like that? No. So so my way of thinking on that stuff for years has always been tied to how much sand does it take to do the job. And if you if you look at the, the, the sand is supposed to do the job of propping open a crack, right? So you've generated a crack with hydraulic pressure and you want to keep the crack propped open. Well, the requirements on the compressive strength uh, of the job, you, you need enough flow through the crack that you just created so that you don't uh, start backing up oil and gas in the formation and you want it all to easily flow to the to the to the well bore and for years people have sold this idea that you need a better a bigger better stronger profit to do the job because that that will eventually pay for itself well if you're going to build your house the next time you build a house the same analogy would go for what are you going to use for the uh for the studs and the wall and you know, people can sell you uh, a wooden two-by-four, or they can sell you a, a nice piece of uh, stamped metal, or you can go with uh, something as strong as a piece of pipe, or you can go with an engineered ivy. You have all these different degrees of choices available, and uh, if you're the guy selling I-beams to build uh, a bunch of residential construction, you're going to have a very hard time because... You can get by in a residential construction environment by using what's adequate. And for most people these days, it continues to be two-by-fours. So uh, I, I hold the same analogy to someone that's making uh, a high-grade, a very good grain of ceramic profit. Those guys make an excellent product, a really, really good 
uh, hold it up in all types of, of reservoir conditions where sand typically doesn't. But that being said, it's a business, and you have to choose the right profit for the job. And what most people have figured out in this day and age, for the wolf camp formation, it seems like hunter bash sand is doing just fine, even though the connectivity is pretty low. We're going to talk about OSHA in just a second. Uh, Rex Tucker, Compliance Calvary, on the line with us. How many shale plays are you guys in, or how, are you in a variety of them? Or are you uh, kind of specific to just one? Talk to me about uh, your guys' shale play activity. Yeah, so we spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of time uh, in the Permian Basin just because the activity is there, and people have the need to expand their facilities, and they want to do it in a way that keeps their people from having to breathe silica dust. Uh, we spent some time in South Texas. That area is starting to come back. And uh, later on, uh, in, the, in the next month, we have uh, our first Oklahoma client. So we spend our time mostly in Texas. Uh, we have clients in Van Horn. We have clients in Beaumont. Uh, so we cover a broad end of Texas, uh, and we'll start spending some time in Oklahoma next month. So we're uh, new. The Compliance Cavalry business was an addition to a company called A New Industrial, which is an industrial construction business. Uh, last fall, we added on the Compliance Cavalry uh, division to start doing uh, specialized dust control work. And in the last, uh, you know, seven or eight months, uh, we've made a nice run at uh, gaining business from one end of Texas to the other and are starting to look at other states. Uh, we're reps for dust collection equipment in Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Let's talk OSHA for just a second here. Um, what kind of relationship do you guys have with the compliance people? Well, our relationship was always good. That's one of the things that made us learn the, the, the uh, engineering side of doing dust controls and to try to keep people protected from Workplace. To listen to the full-length interview with Rex Tucker from Compliance Calvary or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coffee and Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Oh, wide open prairie, out by my grandma's house. And some days I can almost feel the wind blow. And taste that cool, dry, dusty autumn air in my mouth. Well, the nighttime lights earth and light on the horizon. The music on today's program is written and performed by singer-songwriter Brooks West. To find out more about Brooks West and his music, visit thecrudelife.com, click on the Musicians tab. Once again, that's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. Every time I roll Back around If you have any coffee and capitalism questions for myself or any of our experts, feel free to email me at jason at thecrudelife.com. That's jason at thecrudelife.com. And feel free to like our Facebook page as well. That's facebook.com slash thecrudelife. Facebook.com slash thecrudelife. Like us on Facebook today. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network.
days when I feel lost and separated and every step I take falls on foreign ground and I feel like going back to North Dakota I'll take a job find a wife and finally settle down but right now I'm addicted to emotion and freedom at my selfish solitude provides and I'd hate to think that I'd become a stranger to the place where I was born where my heart still resides over the past few months I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is well don't just take my word for it Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. Yeah, I mean, this guy gets people laughing. He gets people thinking. He, he's somebody that challenges and inspires. And, and what I think is so beautiful about Eric is he's real. I think the number one thing that I look for in speakers when we bring them into our platforms is that they're that person 365 days a year. Eric is not just a speaker on a stage. That's, that's who he is at the grocery store. That's who he is when he's at the mall. Uh, but, but Eric is somebody that lives his values each and every day. And I, I think we can all respect that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery. A project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com June 15th, save the date. That's June 15th, the Bakken Barbecue in Dickinson, North Dakota. That's June 15th. Be sure to save the date today and we'll see you June 15th at the Bakken Barbecue in Dickinson, North Dakota. Oh, darling, I'm getting a new tattoo. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. In our next segment, we talk with David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, Right now, we currently have a a great relationship with uh, San Juan School of Energy out in Farmington, New Mexico. Um, There's a longer story on how we met them, but uh, I met him through conferences in Washington, D.C., and his, his name was his name was Randy Pacheco, and I say in the past tense because he no longer works for them. But we kept the relationship, and he was the he was the head of uh, uh, development or keep, uh, development of among students for lease operations and um, all of the oil field stuff that they do there down in the San Juan Basin. Well, now we have a ability, you know, for our kids up here to get a degree in lease operations. Um, it, it, you know, education here in the petroleum industry really is, is the new currency of it. I, I mean, you, you got to have that knowledge walking in the door because of the, all the complex uh, issues that arise from wells and, you know, complex well technology, you know, and understanding how to get that barrel from 10,000 feet in the ground, you know, and send it down the line and get it sold. So we're working diligently on educating our youth uh, as we move forward here in 2018 to offer a degree 
online and then down there for a semester or maybe two to get a hands-on. And as we help, you know, with our wells, as a, you know, they could be an intern and, and get them out there to get the live experience. So that's one facet. And the other facet is now we're starting a new endeavor uh, and we'll be finished here this year on creating a tribal energy management uh, seminar, meaning we can offer a degree in tribal energy management uh, throughout the nation in Indian country where we want to involve industry, state, and tribal members to understand the complexities of really working on a Native American reservation and establishing energy, not just oil and gas. It could be coal. It could be water. It could be um, wind, solar. So, because, you know, there was companies from day one. And I, I think if we, we, we look at where their acreage is, you know, and, and as we had the land rush here, some chose to stay off federal lands for certain reasons, you know. And, and um, one being, you know, 49 steps or nine months to do one trilling permit through the BIA and BLM, et cetera. Now, we've gone through that. Now it's eight, ten years later, and we are actually trying to create a, a dialogue with industry, with the Bureau, and also with the with the fellow nations. You know, we're sort of, say, Crow Agency, coal, okay, even up north, Fort Peck, oil, where people can learn to converse with what federal and tribal laws create from a being us being a sovereign nation and, and having our own regulatory issues and the BLM having their, you know, permits and of course the state. So we're trying to create this dialogue dialogue that says, okay, attend this class and get a deeper view of exactly what goes on here. Um, what what people have done, you, you take the Enterpluses and, and the and the Hellcon, whoever up here, they assign a guy, they, they assign a guy to work with the tribe at all the meetings. So there's there's a there's pro, I mean there's a um, what am I calling it? There is uh, a process and um, movement on creating that type of relationship. And this, all this class does is just continue that and make it more understanding of really what the natives, the natives go through. To listen to the full-length interview with David Williams, the CEO of Missouri River Resources, or to listen to other Coffee and Capitalism features, visit CafeCapitalism.com. That's CafeCapitalism.com. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the crude life media in the world is ice, sharpening the sickles like silver knives. The lines keep coming where the lanes divide it. You and the road in the middle of the night. It's you and the road in the middle of the night. The music on today's program is written and performed by singer-songwriter Brooks West. To find out more about Brooks West and his music, visit thecrudelife.com, click on the Musicians tab. Once again, that's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. When you get to me, I'm gonna fold my arms. So you got a place to land that's soft and
you have any coffee and capitalism questions for myself or any of our experts, feel free to email me at jason at thecrudelife.com. That's jason at thecrudelife.com. And feel free to like our Facebook page as well. That's facebook.com slash thecrudelife. Facebook.com slash thecrudelife. Like us on Facebook today. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Now you're running on a thin line through a frozen void. No feeling in your fingers, no other choice. You are the queen of the midnight run. When you're dark to taste the sun Yeah, I'm radio and the dashboard lights You have a road in the middle of the night You have a road in the middle of the night Jack, be nimble Jack, be quick, go Jack, when I jump over The candlestick, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on our front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million, too. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch Coaching. One of the best things I can share is I've had an opportunity to sit down with a community leader and Eric. And we were talking and this community leader said, United Way, what's your connection there? Eric said, as a child, my family would have been a family that would have benefited from United Way programming. And you don't necessarily get to see that down the road because you see someone who's been very successful in business and you see somebody who has helped a lot of other people along the way. But sometimes we don't stop to ask, what's the why? What's your why behind that? To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 
Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise.